Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Boo Mortensen is, will be joining us. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. And my wife, Linda, who writes Greetings from Paradise and Up to the Minute Snippets. She'll be joining us as well. It is uh, January the 26th, and on this day in 1788, Captain Arthur Phillip guided a fleet of 11 British ships carrying convicts to the colony of New South Wales, effectively founding Australia. After overcoming a period of hardship, the fledgling colony began to celebrate the anniversary of the date with great fanfare and eventually became Australia Day. Australia was once known as New South Wales, was originally planned as a penal colony. In October 1786, the British government appointed Arthur Phillip captain of the HMS Sirius and commissioned him to establish an agricultural work camp there for British convicts. With little idea of what he could expect from the mysterious and distant island, Philip had a great difficulty assembling the fleet that was to make the journey. His requests for more experienced farmers to assist the penal colony were repeatedly denied, and he was both poorly funded and outfitted. Nonetheless, accompanied by a small contingent of Marines and other officers, Philip led his 1,000-strong party, of whom more than 700 were convicts, around Africa to the eastern side of Australia. In all, the voyage lasted eight months, claiming the deaths of some 30 men. The first years of the settlement were nearly disastrous, cursed with poor, poor soil, an unfamiliar climate, and workers who were ignorant of farming. Philip had great difficulty keeping the men alive. The colony was on the verge of outright starvation for several years, and the Marines said this uh, keep order were not up to the task. Philip, who proved to be a tough but fair-minded leader, persevered by appointing convicts to positions of responsibility and oversight. Floggings and hangings were commonplace, but so was egalitarianism. As Philip said before leaving England, in the new country there will be no slavery, and hence, no slaves. Though Philip returned to England in 1792, the colony became prosperous by the turn of the 19th century. Feeling a sense of uh, patriotism, the men began to rally around July, January 26th of the day of founding. Historian Manning Clark noted that in 1808, the men observed the anniversary of the foundation of the colony with drinking and merriment. In 1818, January 26th became an official holiday, marking the 30th anniversary of British settlement in Australia. As Australia became a sovereign nation, it became the nationally national known holiday as Australia Day. Of course, uh, some of the indigenous population in Australia were not very fond of these new convicts uh, arriving. But, no, you know, Australia's big, big continent. Maybe, I, I've forgotten now, but it's certainly close to the size of the United States of America. Well, the Florida Department of Health reported only 92 new COVID-19 cases and eight additional deaths in Cuyahoga County. Now, you take a look at the list of people who died, and they're all mostly elderly. I really have my suspicions about whether the cause of deaths for these eight people was COVID-19. I'm sure they may have had COVID-19, but uh, as in many cases, 
<laughs> they, it's not the cause. Newly reported deaths bring Collier's total to 62, surpassing the county's previous monthly high of 54 in August. Collier's seven-day moving average of new cases was 139 through Sunday, about 5% greater than the average on December the 15th. As of approximately 2 p.m. on Monday, there were 107 patients in Collier County Hospital. Remember, flattening the curve, that was the big concern, not overwhelming health care. Well, there's plenty of beds, uh, about 15% of beds in Collier County uh, that are empty. I'm sure they'd like to see more folks in there bringing more revenue. Well, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis said more than a fifth of the state's senior population has received at least one dose of the vaccine. He said the state has provided at least 1.25 million doses of the vaccine, although he said that there's a number of much higher because of a lag in reporting. Congratulations, Governor DeSantis. Uh, the rest of the United States is following your lead in vaccinating senior citizens first. For the first time in history, the small business referral network Alignable reported that 40% of firms in 10 different categories in its survey said they can't afford to pay their rent. That's up from six categories in December. Uh, just to give you an idea, 57% of bars and restaurants can't pay their rent. Consumer retailers, massage therapists, beauty salons, printers, interior designers, wedding planners, transportation, all over 40% of them cannot afford to pay their rent. Most ominously, 45% of all small businesses say they've earned less than half of their pre-pandemic revenue. Obviously, some of the lost income is from consumers not willing to spend in these uh, nervous times, but it's also from lockdowns and uh, all kinds of actions taken by states, fortunately, we don't have here in Florida. Point being, and the reason I'm mentioning this story is the economy's fragile. We need to do something. Right now, the proposal from our current president is $1.9 trillion, including a $15 an hour wage. That'll uh, knock 4 million people out of employment. But we need to come up with a common sense solution to provide some, a little bit more aid to get people over these rocky times. Well, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell had good news. He announced that there's a power-sharing agreement in the Senate and no longer needs to stipulate the filibuster rule uh, to remain intact because it will remain intact. Thank you to a couple of senators, uh, uh, Manchin uh, from was, uh, West Virginia and Kristen Cinema from Arizona. Both said, hey, they're not going to uh, support abolishing the filibuster. So that's going to stay in place. And what that means, in my opinion, unless we have people that have totally lost their minds in the Senate, we're not going to see a push for, well, we may see a push for it, but it's not going to succeed. Um, and I'm talking about, uh, for example, making uh, Washington, D.C. a state, making Puerto Rico a state, packing the court, and you can go on and on and on. Some of the other things that uh, the Democrats had in mind. Congratulations. This is big news. Congratulations to uh, the Senate Minority Leader, Mitch McConnell. Well, President Joe Biden has issued more than executive orders in his first week in office, not yet complete as of this writing than any of his 45 predecessors. He's issued 33 executive orders, actions, and proclamations. Uh, 21 of these, according to the White House website, are executive orders. Uh, President Donald Trump, in, in comparison, in his first week, signed four. Barack Obama signed five, and George W. Bush signed none his first week. Clinton signed one in 1993. So uh, instead of getting out in front of the America, people winning them over, he just sitting at his desk and signing these orders, I guess. And then he called uh, a lid 
on uh, Friday afternoon uh, for this weekend. Took the weekend off. Hard work being president. Anyhow, uh, this is what President uh, Biden's intentions are. He's going to sign even more executive orders uh, this week. The day after President Donald Trump stunned the world and announced travel restrictions on China, Joe Biden took to Twitter and accused Trump of xenophobia. He tweeted, and this is on record, we are in the midst of a crisis with the coronavirus. We need to lead the way with science, not Donald Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia, and fear-mongering. He is the worst possible person to lead our country to a global health emergency. But then a strange thing happened this week. The fake news website PolitiFact claims that this isn't true. Joe Biden never made such a remark. This is just make-believe, they said. This is just the garbage that we're getting from the mainstream media. He did say that, and uh, we can all remember it. No sense denying it. And now, Biden says, after that tweet, he said recently admitted he can't change the trajectory of the China virus pandemic. And October, he attacked Trump for handling the China virus. Biden bragged that having a plan to combat the coronavirus, he said he had one. We have, uh, we're eight months into the pandemic and Donald Trump doesn't have a plan to get the virus under control. I do, Biden said in October. However, on Friday, Biden admitted there's nothing he could do to change the trajectory of the pandemic for the next several months. Peter Ducey called him out. He's from Fox News. And uh, let him, it, he said he misspoke and led him to, ad, to admit he misspoke. What happened in two months ago when you were declaring about, I'm going to shut down the virus, Ducey asked. Biden made no sense whatever as he mumbled and awkwardly put his face, face mask on in mid-sentence. Joe just ticked off more voters. Unbelievable. And then, after pledging to reopen schools, Joe Biden on Monday endorsed the Chicago Teachers Union illegal strike. We don't have a second to waste when it comes to getting the virus under control. That's why today I'll be signing executive orders to expand testing, administer vaccines, and safely reopen schools and businesses. Maybe he forgot that when he said that a few days ago because he happily endorsed Chicago Teachers Union to strike. It's, you know, I'm not sure he's, uh, he's vacuous, quite frankly. I don't think he understands the connection between what he's doing and saying and how it affects the American people. And then, uh, well, I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about this right now, but during the Trump administration final weeks, the Department of Homeland Security quietly signed agreements with at least four states that will threaten temporarily to derail President Joe Biden's efforts to undo his predecessor's immigration policies. This is really something. As a matter of fact, Texas already is suing uh, the United, President of the United States because they are entitled to a 180-day consultation period before any changes take effect. This is really good news. Congratulations, President Donald Trump, having still having uh, your tentacles uh, in the the President uh, Biden's operation when it comes to immigration. He just wants to open the borders, which would be bad for America. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Life in Naples is the website. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob 
Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show, providing you news and commentary rooted in the love of liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. I know you have a busy week. Up there in Tallahassee right now, I guess committee meetings are going on. Uh, and I understand yes. you have three of them today. Yeah, I have a education committee, uh, banking and insurance, and regulated industries. And there are some significant bills that we're looking at early on. Uh, in banking and insurance, it's a uh, reform of the, uh, the current PIP law, which is the uh, uninsured motorist law. And that's uh, a little bit contentious, so we'll... There'll be a, a lengthy hearing. Uh, education, there's a number of interesting higher education bills uh, that are going to wend their way through the process and uh, regulated industries. Of course, that's uh, dealing with businesses that we regulate, like uh, 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 air distributors and, and then some of the uh, big, uh, big businesses. Um, so it's going to be a long day. <laughs> well, uh, and doing some important things with regard to legislation. As usual, I'll do a little shout out for uh, limited for uh, reducing the amount of regulation that's going on. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's, but you know where I stand with that, so I won't even bother. I do. I will, won't even bother <laughs> repeating it. But uh, the education bills sound interesting. Uh, what is it, what's being considered in that area? 
Well, a part of our, uh, our, our problem uh, this session dealing with budgets, we have a $2 billion shortfall. So we're going to have to look at some of, uh, some of the programs, particularly in higher education, and where we're going to go with that. Um, uh, how are we going to handle bright futures? Um, how are we going to handle the colleges, the universities? Mm-hmm. Um, workforce training is uh, a topic that is on everyone's mind because, you know, we, we do need to get uh, students who graduate from high school who don't want to go to college. We need to get them uh, skills for jobs that uh, are out there, and there are yeah. plenty of them. So those are a lot of the bills that are circulating Um uh, and I and I think and there's one bill that's kind of interesting. It's and these are simple things like a public records exemption uh, for uh, college president uh, searches uh, information because there's a concern that um, the colleges and universities, if you put out there who's looking, if they're if they're in another job and they want to move, they don't want to have it public because they may get fired. So there's a lot of that in the First mm. Amendment Foundation's against it. So I don't know where that'll go. Yeah, I can't help but think this is a, tr- a time of tremendous opportunity for the reform of education because of the pandemic and what all universities are going through now. Our state universities are funded by the state for the most part, so but the uh, the private colleges and universities, I think, are really up against it, and they have to make some important decisions about how they're going to proceed. And I, I guess my point is this. Uh, they need to re- take another look at the take a look at how they're going about their business and maybe doing things like creating more job training is, uh, is one of the options they should consider. Well, I, I think there's a sentiment that if we, um, you know, we are, you're right, we're paying for education of our students when they go to college and university uh, through a lot of uh, grant funding and also the uh, the tuition that we've kept low in Florida yeah. to attract good students. The, the real key is, you know, we try to keep them in, try to get them out in four years. That's hopefully working. Uh, but we also want them to, to graduate with a, a degree in, in um, something that they can actually get a job with. Yeah, so, right. uh, so the STEM degrees and the like. And so we have to focus on those. It's unfortunate that, you know, we have a, it's great to, to graduate with a degree in English or history for, you know, your own uh, you know, self-understanding and understanding the world around us. But that doesn't necessarily get you a job. Yeah. So we have to start looking at what what kind of degrees do we offer. You know, we can do liberal art kind of um, background, mm-hmm. but that doesn't get you a job. That's exactly right. So those right. are the kind of things that we need to look at. Oh, and, I, and, I, and I don't want to diss liberal arts because we get a lot of kids coming to college that could barely read or write, so we have to include that in, yeah. in whatever curriculum just reassuring to hear you uh, focusing on those things, Kathleen. Uh, how about uh, secondary education or, or uh, K-12 through uh, school choices, really? I mean, we, we've been a leader across the United States in that area. Anything that you're looking at? Well, there's a, um, a really big bill that uh, Senator Manny Diaz has, has filed that uh, we will hear that uh, it does a lot of things. Uh, again, uh, looking at, at school choice. Um, merging some of the, the numerous scholarships programs that we have out there um, for, you know, choice for students with either uh, educational or learning disabilities or physical disabilities and, and honing in on that and taking a, a, a look, 
a global look at our K through 12 system. Well, I, I, I say school choice and for kids, but it's actually school choice for parents being able to select the school that's right for the for the uh, child based on the parents' view. So, uh, uh, I understand there's a bill of rights for parents that's being considered. Yeah, I, I, I saw I saw that. I don't know where that is in the process. Mm. Uh, parents' rights to know and and. Uh, information provided by the parents, to the parents, rather, um, that would go hand-in-hand with uh, parents' rights to choose what kind of education they they want their child to uh, uh, be given. Yeah, I think that's just all very exciting. Before I let you go, though, I'm I'm pretty pleased about uh, what's happening in Florida with regard to vaccine distribution, with regard to the pandemic. Any thoughts? Well, I have gotten probably hundreds of emails a day from people that are uh, frustrated with the fact that they can't sign up on the Eventbrite system or if they're trying to get on public, so they're showing that it's all, all full. I think what uh, the message that I want to give to my constituents is uh, the governor is working on a uh, statewide uh, sign-up system. Um, I've got a lot of people who called me and said, oh, you should be like New Jersey. I got, uh, you know, everybody in Jersey can just sign up. My question to them is, what's your number? What do you mean? You're probably number 1,575,000, and you probably won't get a call in July, until July. Whether someone is able to sign up or not, um, we don't have enough vaccines. Last week, the state of Florida only got 260,000 vaccines. Now, frankly, you kind of divide that in half because you can't give them all out in case we don't get the second half, and then we have a situation where people can't get the second dose, and it's a waste. Um, it's a, the distribution of the vaccines countrywide, uh, worldwide, is um, going down because there are more people that want the vaccines than they have vaccines available. Yeah. And so whether you can sign up today or not, there are no vaccines to be had. And in fact, some of the people who have signed up this week may not be able to get it because we don't have the vaccines available. The number of vaccines that we have received in the state of Florida has gone down week by week. Yeah. So it's a crisis. And my focus is more on how do we get more vaccines from the federal government. Um, and that's, you know, I, I have no zero influence on that other right. than to continue to um, speak to the Department of Health to see what are we going to get in. And it's, it's very frustrating because people are frustrated because they can't sign up. But there's no point in signing up if there's no vaccines to have. Well, I would so say we'll see. Yeah, it, yeah, in my view, I mean, the the uh, supply does not meet the demand right now. People are driven by their fear; they want to get vaccinated. I mean, I get all right. that. But let's, you know, the fact of the matter is, we had Operation Warp Speed. We've got this vaccine a couple of years sooner than we. Uh, would have had under right. normal circumstances. I just suggest everybody should just be a little bit more patient <laughs> and understand that the the supply just can't meet the demand. Uh, you know, I have said that, but if you're um, someone who's in their 80s, yeah. uh, it, patience is not uh, something that uh, is actually warranted. Yeah. And, you know, uh, if you're fearful, that, and I get emails from people say, if I get this virus, my doctor said I will die. Well, I mean, that's exactly what people have said to me. I, I don't know how to respond to that because we don't, you're right, it, a year ago we wouldn't have even had a vaccine. So now that we have it, the, there's four and a half a million uh, people in Florida over 65 that want the vaccine. And that's just uh, over 65. What about the, the, the people under 65 that have disabilities or serious right, right. mental, I mean, uh, uh, physical uh, health problems? We haven't even touched them. Yeah. Healthcare workers, a lot of them haven't gotten the vaccines. 
So we just don't have enough for everybody who wants them. And everybody has to be our mind. If, if, if you read um, a statistic that the state of Florida received X vaccines, cut it in half mm-hmm. because you've got to reserve two. Well, I'll make uh, a final comment about that. I mean, I have a friend that got the vaccine, and three days later he had a mini-stroke. Hank Aaron died two weeks after he got the vaccine, and he was totally healthy at the time. And I'm not suggesting that those are related. All I'm saying is that when you put something new in your body, there may be unintended consequences. So I think people should, quite frankly, not rush to to this solution. Uh, you know, I, I that's every. There's so many different stories out there. Um, I, I guess we just go with the science. Yeah. Um, you know, I had COVID, as you know, so I can't get the vaccine for probably 90 days or so. Um, and you know, I'll wait and see. And there, uh, if Johnson and Johnson's vaccine is approved, that's a one-shot deal. It's not two. Yep. Um, so we're also that's also uh, changing rapidly the the uh, research and development, and I suspect by next fall we'll have uh, a myriad of vaccines available. The question will be how how many doses do we get? Exactly, Kathleen Pasadomo. Again, our. Uh, State Senator, I, I hear your frustration with the calls, and I know you don't have the solutions, but irrespective, uh, I just genuinely appreciate all your support and your taking time to be on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. It's always fun to talk with Boo. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golf Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgoing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back. 
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And right now, Love Letters is running. It's running through the 31st of January, starring Maureen Silliman and William Parry, two of my favorite actors. You're going to love this. You can get tickets by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure. It's always a treat to talk to you. And today, I'd like to give you a chance to uh, tell us why Henry Aaron, the great baseball player, why he was one of your heroes. He just died recently at the age of 86, and... What a heck of a guy. Oh, he was great. I mean, uh, you know, you have to think back that when he started his baseball career, it, this is just, he was starting his career just as black uh, players were first brought into uh, b- professional baseball. I mean, they, they had the Negro Leagues prior to uh, professional joining professional baseball, but he was just such a classy guy. And, you know, he wasn't all juiced up like uh, Barry Bonds and some of the other guys. He hit, yes. I think it was 744 home runs, if I'm not mistaken. What a classic. 755. 755, was it? What a great mm-hmm. player he was. I, I just admired him so much. And, you know, he was even-tempered, just always classy, very intelligent, and a great, great baseball player. He sure was. He broke uh, Babe Ruth's record in on April 8th, 1974. Yeah. Yep. And you're right. Athletes back then weren't juiced up on steroids, and he broke a white guy's record and received so much hate mail and, uh, you know, racist comments, and he just kept his head high and and, uh, continued to play with dignity. You know, I'd forgotten about that. Thanks for bringing that up. I mean, just, uh, again, demonstrating the class that he had. One thing is he died at age 86. He was totally, perfectly healthy at the time. And uh, one th- I just, I've mentioned this a couple times on the show, but he, he received uh, the vaccine two weeks before. Now, I, I'm not suggesting there is a link at all or, ca- or that it's causal, but I'm just reminding all of us, it's an individual decision to, to take this vaccine. And some people are just, I got to get it, I got to get it. Well, think about your own personal health and situation before you decide to take that into your body. You know, it's not up to the public health officials. It's not up to uh, the uh, local government. It's up to you <laughs> what you're going to put in your body. And you should think right. about it carefully. That's my opinion. Well, I, from what you just said, I have the feeling that you've decided you're not getting the vaccine. Well, I, I haven't picked up the phone call to call yet. I personally think uh, I'm waiting to, for, to see what Johnson & Johnson comes up with. In other words, uh, I'm not rushing to it. I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. I think some of the numbers are bogus, the number of deaths that are occurring because of uh, COVID. Uh, they've already admitted uh, that they've combined influenza, uh, pneumonia, and COVID-19, as in one group, when they uh, evaluate deaths as well as cases. So there's something funny going on, and I'm just not that concerned about, uh, you know, here's how I look at it, Boo. If I, uh, you know, live a good life, if I keep my immune system healthy, if I keep my attitude right, you know, pray <laughs> and, and, and thank, be thankful for my good health, I think that does more, far more than getting the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm not in any uh, 
hurry to get it either. I I, I think that the the Johnson and Johnson will come out in February. Mm-hmm. I think, and um, I think probably it'll be easier to get than the uh, hoops that you have to jump through now. Yeah, and plus we're learning a lot. We'll find out. Uh, you know, there are. I think the people in Norway, if I'm not mistaken, they've had some pretty ill effects from the vaccine for elderly folks. So we got to watch that pretty carefully. I mean, you know, what kills you, the disease or the cure? You know. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Well, let me give you two other tips. One I read this morning, and I had to kind of read it twice because uh, I was so surprised. Did you know that Florida, the state of Florida, has offered to host the 2021 Olympics if Japan backs out? Did you know that? Well, I I, I don't know if, if, if Florida has offered. I think there's a congressman or a senator or state senator, somebody like that, who has said we would be pleased to do that if, if in fact, Japan doesn't want to do it. That's kind of an interesting position that he took. Uh, has uh, actually the governor said that? I, I don't know. No, I don't think so. No, I think it's probably this one senator. But mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's bold. Yeah. Well, and uh, I think it's... seen that usually when a country or a city has it, you know, they put the bid in years ahead of time and, and then build the different venues. Yeah. This year is 2021. I don't know how they make it happen, but wow. Well, see, we were uh, living in 60 miles north of L.A. when Los Angeles hosted the Olympics. Some of the events were actually north of us. Six, you know, we were 60 miles north of L.A. when we lived in California for 10 years. So, I mean, it these venues are spread out all over the place. It's a huge, huge undertaking. I don't know how the heck we would ever get ready in Florida to, to host this thing if, in fact, that was a decision to do so. I know. I mean, it seems remarkable. That's why I thought, well, that's a bold suggestion. It is indeed. And the other thing that I just saw is that Andrew Jackson has been on the $20 bill forever. Mm-hmm. And they are replacing him with Harriet Tubman. Yeah, that's. I think that's Biden's proposal. He wants to do that. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's so strange. I don't know uh, what the, he he's sitting there signing uh, executive orders like there's no tomorrow. He got up and talked about uh, Buy American, and he gave a speech. I think they, they recorded 3,200 people watch the speech. <laughs> This speech, most popular president in history. Thirty-two hundred people tune in to watch him. It's just unbelievable. Well, the beat goes on. Absolutely, Boo Mortensen. And thank you so much for bringing up uh, Henry Aaron's story. I think that's uh, was really fun to talk about. You I- know, he's a real hero. You know, we elevate the status of sports figures a lot of times, and they don't deserve right the recognition that the public gives them. This guy did. Absolutely, Boo. Thank you for that. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. 
On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006 and I now have full range of motion in both knees and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulubee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Just hearing the commercial about advertisers reminds me of Lulubee's Diner, one of my favorite places to grab breakfast or lunch, right there in the Green Tree Shopping Center. I hope you'll give them a try. Coming up, we're going to visit with my lovely wife, Linda. She writes Greetings from Paradise. We'll be talking about what's happening in the day. Right now, we have with us, as I mentioned before the break, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. You went to that lovely thing. I was afraid you were introducing me. I'm glad it was your wife. <laughs> Seton, uh, tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and yeah. Yeah, we're, you got, we've got a big wall. Things are kind of changing around right now, and you wrote a great column. Uh, in uh, Red State about uh, the power-grabbing executive orders and that the uh, current president is sending out. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Maybe you, could, maybe you could tell us about it. Well, what I said was, unfortunately, it's just going to get worse. I mean, this, this is him unconstitutionally writing law himself. Yeah. Wait until he gets his appointees in place, and they start doing it, too. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got... Javier Bracera, who I think is a lawyer running Health and Human Services, and he's on the record as wanting, you know, socialized medicine, government-only medicine. You know, he's going to do all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and by the way, the Supreme Court has r- routinely ruled that bureaucrats can do this, uh, to, a- antithetical to anything, to, uh, any remotely thinking human being w- would, 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 would arrive at. There was a ruling, Chevron ruling, years ago. Chevron deference is what it's called now. And, the, and, the, and, and Scalia was wrong on this. Anthony Scalia was wrong on this. They said, well, the bureaucrats are, are the experts. They, 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 they know where their, powers, their power limits lie. Right. So they, they should determine if they've gone too far or not. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> 
20 years since that ruling, no bureaucrat has found any limit to their power. But you know what? It used to be that bureaucrats, at least I consider it, maybe I was just naive, I considered them to be apolitical. They're anything but in these states. Well, they're not. You know, first of all, can you think of a conservator that is aching to go be a government bureaucrat? No, I can't. No, that's the first problem. The second problem is, of course, governments, and like any other organism, its first uh, instinct is survival, its second is growth, expansion. Right. Um, so, you know, the, the, they're, you know, even if you're somewhat conservative, you're going to vote your back pocket. I mean, that's how Virginia's gone from red to purple to blue, is because Fairfax County is full of federal government employees, right. and it's so huge, it swamps the whole rest of the state. Um, Virginia being my home state. Um, but yeah, so these, you know, Biden's issuing unconstitutional executive orders like a Pez dispenser. Um, you know, not all executive orders are bad. For example, I put in the piece Obama unilaterally writes law and says, if, you're, if you came here as a child illegally, we're going to not, you know, I'm going to create a new status, uh, immigra- immigration status all by myself and say, you're not going to be prosecuted, you're not going to be deported. Well, you can't do that. Yeah. But he did do that. And in fact, he ran on, you know, he said, I'm not a king, when he was running for office, and said, I can't unilaterally, you know, do this. Um, Trump comes in, this is, my fa- this is one of my favorite examples of the courts just being insane. Trump comes in, writes an executive order undoing that executive order, and basically reverting back to the actual immigration laws passed by Congress. Right. And the court rules that he can't do it. The right. Supreme Court says he, he can't. So the executive order that creates law stands, and the one that reverts back to the original actual legislation is over, overturned. And, it's insane. And do I recall, so, at least in some of the rulings, it was because of his intent, which they considered to be... Right, they're, because they're clairvoyant. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because they knew his attitude was wrong. I guess it was... Right, right. How about, how about ruling on the law? You're a lawyer, you're a judge. How about yeah. ruling on the law? Yeah. Not, on, not on, you know, would you put away the tarot cards... And just rule on the law. Yeah. Uh, pick up the Constitution and put down the tarot cards. See, but so, by the way, I think one of the important things that's happened, and it's not getting a lot of press, but uh, a couple of senators, United States senators, said they're not going to vote for getting rid of uh, the, the, the nuclear uh, option. Yeah, yeah, two Democrats. Um, look, as much as, as, as McConnell angers me routinely, and especially with his statements about the you know, Trump incited the riot. Okay, moron. Did you look at the timeline? Yeah. Um, he is running ring he, uh, from a administrative and and uh, procedural standpoint. He is embarrassing Schumer on a minute by minute basis. Chuck yeah. Schumer, the New York uh, senator, uh, who's going to ostensibly be the majority leader. Um, <laughs> I mean, McConnell is embarrassing him routinely. And one of these things was he went and got. You know, God bless Christine Cinema from, yeah. um, is she New Mexico or Arizona? Uh, Arizona. Arizona. I get those two states mixed up and I don't know why. Um, lots of sun and lots of heat and yeah. deserts. Yeah. Um, she, isn't she one of the two? She's one of the two as well as uh, Manchin from West Virginia. Well, of course Manchin. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a Democrat in West Virginia. You, you'll find more unicorns sitting on griffins in well, West Virginia. 
Well, my Didn't point, my point, my point, making that point though, that that pretty much eliminates the possibility, unless the senators all go crazy. That pretty well, much unless Mitt Romney and 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 uh, you know. Murkowski go to go to the zoo. No, good point. But <laughs> you know, but it's going to take now sixty votes in order to do things like make Washington D.C. a state. And so, but, but again, this is, gets us back to the original point of the article. He's legislating himself, right? Biden's legislating himself. He's right. I mean, he's he's writing. Look what he did to immigration. I There's know. now going to be zero. Did you see Stephen Miller on Tucker Carlson last night? I uh, I think I did. He's, he's, I, I love him. He worked for Jeff Sessions, and he basically explained that because of this, there's zero enforcement yeah. of immigration. Well, Texas has Texas already taken him to court on that, and apparently the President of the United States put together, made agreements with several states with the Department of Homeland Security saying, and immigration saying, hey, you can't do that. There has to be a 180-day consultation well, we'll see, But again, we might get some stupid judge like the Supreme Court ruling completely opposite to reality or... Right. or your intent is to be racist, so we're not going to rule on the law. Right. Um, yeah, but, but the point is, you know, as Stephen Miller explained, if you're not going to enforce it, you can't even pick people up. Yeah. He, remember, Tucker Carlson reported on an email where they said, release everybody being detained on immigration charges. Yeah. This... And that included thousands of felons. You know, I would just, I just like to, I just like to have the president get up and say, you know, here's, here are the executive orders I've done for the benefit of the American people. Let me explain why this helps you. Well, none of them do. <laughs> America <laughs> last. And, and and by the way, I keep, you know, I of course I read the D.C. publications like Politico, which I call Pathetico, and. I, they're writing about the Senate and the 50-50 divide, and they said it's very important to shake out the 50-50 divide because of Biden's declared intention to because desire, his desire to rule in a bipartisan manner. Right. They wrote that yesterday. Right. In the midst of this fury, flurry of 30 executive orders, he wants to be uh, governed in a bipartisan fashion. It's absurd. They live in an alternate... No, they don't live in an alternate reality. They know they're lying. They're creating an alternative reality for the rank-and-file idiot liberals that walk around the planet. All right, and instead of saying, let me explain to you how this helps you, what they basically say, shut up and listen. <laughs> Shut up and do yeah. what we say. It's unbelievable. See, my league. It's, it's a joke on the internet for years. Shut up, he explained. <laughs> Seton Miley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, always appreciate your very animated and well-informed commentary. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure, indeed. Less Government is lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Okay, coming up, we're going to visit my lovely wife, Linda. She writes, greetings from paradise and up-to-the-minute snippets. We're going to find out what's on her mind. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have...
have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show, providing you news and commentary based on individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Easy for me to say. I know, I was just going to say that. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to visit with somebody I know pretty well. It's my lovely wife, Linda. And good morning. She, good morning, Linda. She writes uh, Greetings from Paradise, which, by the way, you can find on my website. You go to bobharden.com, you see a pull-down tab for Greetings from Paradise, and that's uh, the... Uh, greetings that she sent for the last year they're conspicuously absent right now during this pandemic period primarily because there's not all the good news to report but thank you for joining us good morning good morning so um uh, joe biden is setting a record he's an all-time record for sent for uh signing executive orders uh as president of the united states in his first usually you give the president of the united states 100 days uh, a kind of a honeymoon period Right now, I think he's pretty much, uh, you know, he's got people very concerned here in the first few days. He hasn't even finished a week. Well, it, it's interesting about that, too, because there are all sorts of posts on social media that say, holy smokes, what did I vote for? They're just, they're having serious oh. buyer's remorses, which, which kind of annoys me because weren't these people paying attention? Well, no, I think a lot of those people... Uh, if you didn't like Trump, what I'm finding out is that a lot of people just hated him, and uh, they voted for the alternative, which is really too bad because I miss Donald Trump right now. And irrespective of his style and how much you might dislike the man, you know what he was doing. He was doing for the benefit of Americans. He was bringing jobs back to America. He was uh, creating uh, wages were going up. All kinds of great things are happening right now. We're watching Joe Biden dismantle American greatness plank by plank. By the way, the the Presidency of the United States is not a beauty pageant. It, it, it's not. It's not about um, who you who you think is is perfect socially. Yeah, right. It's right. about what what this person is doing for the country, and it's it is astounding how many people just bypass that because they don't like Donald Trump tweeting. Half these people don't even know what Twitter is, but they don't like his tweets. Yeah, no, no, I know. And uh, well, we we had that smooth talking uh, Barack Obama. Uh, preceding Donald Trump, and of course he was smooth talking us right down the tubes because of uh, the things that he did. He really mucked up the economy. It was uh, for doing business. It was like walk, walking uh, through saltwater taffy. And now, I mean, he, Trump cleared away a lot of the regulations, did a lot of great things, and now uh, Biden wants to get rid of the energy sector. He wants to uh, get rid of millions of jobs in the energy sector. He wants to increase the price of oil and gas. 
I mean, here we go again. It's another, it's it's a Obama redo. Now he's in a fight with Gavin Newsom because Gavin Newsom wants to open up California and Biden's going, no, no, you can't do that because it doesn't fit his Well, agenda. look, Gavin Newsom right now is about to lose his job. He's only 250,000 signatures away from a recall vote. And when that happens, he'll never get reelected again. For his, a dog catcher. His, I'll tell you what, his political career is, it may be over now, as a matter of fact, by what he's done. But uh, can you imagine a vote? We may end up with another uh, re- Republican governor in California as a result of what's going well, on. Well, he's drowning in his own hypocrisy, and and it's it. He's so arrogant and so full of himself that he can't even he can't even see that. By the way, I do. I want to. I know it's your show, but I'm going to segue into what has the bizarre happenings that have been going on in Washington D.C. over this inauguration period. Now that I'm over crying in my beer about what happened. Um, you don't drink beer. No, that's true. For <laughs> just a manner of speaking, I and guess. <laughs> so, all this military presence that's still in Washington, and people are going, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Um, to, to all this inauguration activities where it has been a joyful event yeah. for people to come from all over the country to celebrate a new administration. Yeah. And there was there was no one. One hundred fifty folks showed up in the and twenty two hundred twenty five thousand guards, National Guard, and and to guard against one hundred and fifty people. Yeah. So uh, I think what uh, what I understand now, because I've I was I was one asking that question: What the heck is going on? Why are these people? Why are they there? And then taking the National Guard, sticking them in the parking lot because uh, uh in a cold parking garage, thirty eight degrees. President Trump, by the way, saying, "Hey, you guys can use my hotel or not if you if you're stuck in the uh, parking lot." And then Jill Biden comes out with twenty five cookies for five thousand guys <laughs> yeah. to, to to kiss up to them. But but the the happenings of that whole day were bizarre. Yeah. And and like I just mentioned to you off air, there wasn't a twenty one gun salute after Biden took office. And I just watched a social media where every president after. They take the oath of office, and then um, they start playing uh, "Hail to the Chief," and there's a 21 gun salute. Biden never got it. Huh. And did you? And oh, by the way, Biden's walking down the street, waving to people who aren't there. Right. And he was locked out of the White House when he and his his uh, phony doctor Jill Biden walked up to the White House door. It was locked. Well, it's all optics. I mean, they're basically selling a message over the TV. They know that people aren't there, but he's walking down the street waving. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't pipe in uh, clapping and cheering and all kinds of things. Maybe they did. I don't know. I didn't I didn't watch it. I was not interested. I didn't, I didn't pay any attention. Well, the, the people that weren't there were, were glaringly obvious. I mean, yeah. there was just no one there. And the, and the uh, National Guard. Some of them turned their backs on him when he was walking down the street. Yeah, it, it's the whole scenario is so the FBI, bizarre. The FBI vets the soldiers to see my, who might be Trump supporters. I think it's you know, uh, and apparently you're going to keep. What I understand now is they want to keep seven thousand National Guard there yeah, until after impeachment. Apparently, is the plan because they're they're so frightened. I guess of. Uh, domestic violence and domestic extremists, domestic uh, terrorists, that's the word that they're using. Well, right and, and it's interesting, too, that uh, John Roberts, the chief justice of the Supreme Court, doesn't even want to participate in this. He, I don't think he said why, 
um, maybe you know, but he, but he doesn't want to participate. In well, this the, the first, unconstitutional impeachment. It is unconstitutional. First of all, the the Constitution calls for the Chief Justice to preside over uh, the proceedings, and he's saying I'm not willing to do it. That 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 they're right there and then and there, it makes it unconstitutional to proceed. You know what's really interesting about this whole scenario about uh, exposing um, the Democrat in Congress for what they are, and and the Republicans as well. Something that I watch on uh, social media a lot and stuff I, I, I read about, if this hadn't happened, if Trump hadn't lost by this election that was clearly stolen right. from him, if all this um, uh, demonstrative uh, activities by the Democrats hadn't come to the surface, we would never have known just how crooked Everything has been for so long. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, you know what? The, uh, bringing in Biden was like a th- the deep state had a thorn withdrawn its side because President Trump just created havoc for those. They wanted things back to normal, and that's what Biden brings them is back to normal, the deep state. Is it good for the American people? It's not good for the American people. It's bad for us. But it's not back to normal because because people got a taste of freedom. Right. And and they were making money, and they were and they were... Um, yeah, well, what the, I'm talking about the deep state get being happy, not the people. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, they, that got that thorn out of their side. But quite frankly, 75 million of us out here are saying, what about us? Well, and people are suing. I mean, uh, those, those uh, union people in, in, what is it, New Mexico or whatever, are, are, they, they endorsed Biden to begin with, and now they're suing him because what he, of what he's done. Yeah, and what about Amazon's owner uh, being so Bezos being so upset because all of a sudden now the unions they want to unionize his shop out in Seattle and all of his employees, and he's saying, "What's going on? What? Well, you know what? You asked for it. You wanted this guy. You didn't want uh, Trump to be president. Well, you get you're getting what you deserve." And they were they want to vote on it, and they and now Jeff Bezos is saying. Oh well, you can't use mail-in ballots because yeah. they're illegal. <laughs> because they're they're not what he doesn't say they were illegal. They were um, it could be easily stolen. Right, duh. duh. That's exactly what happened in the ele- election. So much hypocrisy, and it's really a shame right now. I, you know, but uh, they think they can uh, they can uh, cancel Trump uh, Trump supporters. It's not, it's not happening. It's you know what it's, it's actually going to strengthen the whole, well, whole and, movement. And like I said before, these people on social media that they're posting um, are just saying, "What have I done to vote for this man?" Yeah, well, that's good to hear. I, I I don't follow social media too carefully. I just use it to, to post information about my show. I never read what other people think or say. So. You might want to try it sometime. <laughs> no, it takes too much time. I watched you doing that, and I just appreciate everything you bring to us, but uh, my goodness. Anyhow, I just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Love you. I'll see you in a few minutes. Yeah, I love you too, Linda. Thanks for so much for joining us. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it, providing you news and commentary based on rooted in individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. I hope you'll join us tomorrow. We're going to visit with Bob Levy. He's the chairman of the Cato Institute. He'll be joining us as well as Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of several books on a number of topics. His latest is How Everything Happened, including us, a terrific read going back 13 billion years and brings you up to today. It's a really interesting story. I hope, uh, by the way, if you have any comments, you can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. 
bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.